In Alabama Ag and Review for the week of July 19th, we'll start off talking about some positive efforts being done in light of the Gulf oil spill. Well, USDA's Migratory Bird Habitat Initiative is designed to enhance habitat for migrating birds that will come into contact with adversely affected marshes and coastlands from the Deepwater Horizon oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. And NRCS Chief Dave White says the initiative, which is in eight states including ours, will require the enhancement of a variety of habitats. Shallow water habitat, you know, a mud flat, one to four inches of water for these little shorebirds like uh, the sandpipers and the terns. We're also going to need deeper water like your mallards would like water that's, oh, say four to 10, 12 inches deep. And then there will also be places where your diving ducks like your scalps, these guys need water that's five foot deep. So it's a whole variety of habitats and what kind of food can we do for them? Uh, We're also looking at places to rest for these migratory songbirds, the martins, uh, the the birds that are going to fly over the Gulf or fly across to Mexico. What can we do for those little rascals? And the chief adds that he doesn't know if they will actually be able to stop a bird from traveling to its customary spots. But we'd like to be able to provide them with uh, safe havens, food, places to rest, stock up on calories, because a lot of these critters are going to fly across the Gulf of Mexico into uh, South America, or they may fly over to Mexico and overwinter. So anything we can do to, to create some habitats and places for them to rest, and if they want to stay there, well, that'd be fine too. For more information about the Migratory Bird Habitat Initiative, visit nrcs.usda.gov. As we turn our attention to livestock news, Randall Wiseman has this report. The House Ag Subcommittee on Livestock met this week to review livestock and related USDA programs ahead of the 2012 Farm Bill. And while a variety of issues were discussed, the one which brought the most attention was the proposed changes to the rules for the Packers and Stockyards Act. This is what Subcommittee Chair David Scott of Georgia had to say. These are the most sweeping changes to the Packers and Stockyards Act in nearly 100 years. Now, part of the discussions included whether more time is needed in the comment period, which is set to end August 23rd, but will actually close before the USDA DOJ workshops on the subject are completed. Thus, Scott joined 21 of his colleagues to request a 120-day extension. At the hearing, the head of the Grain Inspection Packers and Stockyards Administration, J. Dudley Butler, explained the background behind crafting the proposed new rules governing livestock producers. When the court ruled in some of these cases dealing with likelihood of harm to competition, they did so without much guidance in the past from USDA. Several courts spoke to that and said that USDA had not addressed these areas in certain sections of the act and that there was somewhat of a void. A part of the reason that we looked at some of these areas is because of that. What the court had said, we've tried to carry out the directive of Congress as well as address some of the areas that the court had spoken about and tried to create a proposed rule that we felt was fair and equitable and concise enough that we could get comments on and try to make educated decisions, if you will, based on those comments from all over the industry to determine what the final rule should be. So the deb- Debate among stakeholders will continue over the proposed changes to the rule. And as we wrap up for the week, we hear from Everett Griner regarding the role of migrant workers in production agriculture. Well, the way it was explained to me was do away with entitlement programs. Then farmers will find plenty of homegrown labor to do field work. I don't buy that. In the first place, entitlement programs are absolutely necessary. There's a big difference now in an adult unwilling to work and an elementary school child who's had no breakfast and likely won't have lunch. Too many elderly who cannot work, but they have to eat. 
and uh, too many uninsured families who suffer from inadequate health care already. Ending entitlement programs would affect these people. Besides, the lazy ones will find a way to get by anyway. So, if the rest of us are to continue to enjoy three meals a day, somebody's got to grow it and somebody's got to harvest it. Well, our farmers will grow it and migrants will harvest it. And remember, you can find these stories along with all the week Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.